good morning or good afternoon whenever the hell you are listening to this welcome to the inaugural episode of empty betters presented by well we're not we're not there yet but we'll get there (laughs) no better way to start your hungover week than you just spent boozing yourself on labor day than talking about a little bit of hockey and a little bit of gambling uh so just to give you guys a little intro uh, I'm your host, Harrison Scholes, and my other co-host over here. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm Nick Manella. Um, Harris and I hope we, you guys had a great and safe Labor Day weekend. Hope you guys had a lot of fun. Um, we started this podcast just because we love hockey. Um, we think it's the greatest sport in the world, and we want to share that passion with you guys. And we also love betting. We love watching our money just go down the toilet on sporting events, regardless of what they are. But hockey is by far and away our favorite. Yeah, and unfortunately, my uh, my good friend Nick over here suffers from being a Capitals fan. So you know, years of misery and years of losing money betting them to win the cup in the it 2010s is. until they finally fucking got lucky. But it, it is, it is but it uh, is. you know, Harrison over here, he does also suffer from a disease of being a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So a great just, disease. Yeah, just try and bear with him as we uh, <laughs> as we go through this podcast, and we will try and keep our you know hometown biases out of it as much as we can. But you know, after about beer nine or ten, no promises. Yeah, no, seriously, guys, for any of you guys who uh, know us, we are very passionate fans, and we tend to put down other fan bases quite frequently. Quite easily, and it is a lot of fun, so you will get to hear a lot of that. Uh, But, you know, for this podcast, we are going to try to keep all biases aside and try and be as objective as possible, but, you know, like I said, to the best of our ability. Um, And without further ado, I guess we should quit the pitter-patter and get at her here. Uh, one of the things we wanted to do before the season started is sort of Did you just say pitter patter, pitter patter, yeah, and get at her. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> is sort of give a division by division preview of the league, uh, just to catch up on all the stuff that happened, whether it was a trade or a free agent signing, um, just so everyone's up to speed and you know where to put your money this year. Um, I'm going to start with the Pacific Division here. Um, I'm going to have Nick read off the current odds that we got as of the week of August 28th. So this is coming from VegasInsider.com. They have, surprise, surprise, the Las Vegas Golden Knights at a 1-1 to to win this division. They have the San Jose Sharks at a 9-2, to the Calgary Flames at a 4-1, to the Arizona or Phoenix, wherever they are now, Coyotes, at a 12-1. to The Vancouver Canucks are also at a 12-1. to the Connor McDavid's are at a twenty to one. <laughs> uh, the Anaheim Ducks are at an eighty to one, and the Los Angeles Kings are at a one hundred to one. Yeah, so for all you out there who think that the Kings have a chance, um, yeah, sorry, one hundred to one, but you know, one hundred to one, but you're going to lose a lot of money if you do that. Um, so without further ado, let's start this breakdown. Um, let's start. You know, we're going to go alphabetically. Um, we're going to start with the Anaheim Ducks. Um, they finished sixth in this division last year, and as I mentioned before, they are an 80-to-1 odds to win this division. Uh, last year, they had 35 wins, 37 losses, 10 overtime losses, and they finished the regular season with 80 points and did not make the playoffs. Um, they were definitely pretty banged up all year. Um, Ryan Getzlaff, Ricard Raquel, John Gibson, and Cam Fowler all were out for considerable amounts of time, and I definitely think that added to their slump last year. Yeah, you know, the Ducks are an interesting team to deal with. They have a shit ton of young guys, uh, to name a few. They got Sam Steele, Troy Terry, Maxime Comtois, Raquel, and great, Daniel Sprong. Great name, Max yeah. Comtois. Yeah, great what, name. Come on my <laughs> we, got, we got Danny Sprong, too, from the Penguins in the trade for Patterson, so I'm a little familiar with him. Uh, and, of course, they have a stud goalie in John Gibson. think he's great. Born in Pittsburgh. Shout out, Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the Ducks are an interesting team. Corey Perry, as Nick mentioned, retired. Ryan Kessler retired. Well, he's in Dallas now, right? Who? Corey Perry. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan Kessler retired. Corey Perry in Dallas, my bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're – I'd say they're probably two years out from – starting to hit their stride. I wouldn't say they'll hit it full stride. Definitely two years out. Uh, you probably will see a little bit of Sam Steele and Max Comtois this season. Um, they also have Brendan Gould, as you mentioned, on the back end. They got him from Buffalo. You're going to see him this season. Um, they have Trevor Zegras. Zegras? I don't know how to say his name. He's from the U.S. Development Program. They won't see him until probably next year. 
Um, so like Harrison mentioned, they do have a pretty deep prospect pool that's going to come up over the next two years. Um, they were last in the NHL last year with 27.7 shots a game. So it really comes down to, you know, they did lose a lot of their offensive guys due to injury. So hopefully they can bounce back from that and, you know, give all those beach bums something to root for. <laughs> Another uh, note worth taking is they hired head coach Dallas Eakins and Randy Carlisle, a.k.a. Phil Kessel's best friend, is <laughs> gone. So that is something to take into consideration. It should be interesting to see how Eakins handles the young guys. Um, I'm also really interested to see how Getzlaff kind of responds with all the core pieces that he had when he was coming up gone. Especially yeah, he's kind of the last one standing. I yeah, mean, Barry's gone. Yeah, is he the only one left on that team from the 07 Cup run? Uh, he's got to be. I think he I has to be. I can't imagine there's anybody else. Um, so, yeah, they need bounce-back seasons from Gibson and Raquel, and then they need, obviously, Getzlaff to, you know, have some sort of a year this year. Um, and also watch for Jacob Silverberg. He needs to have a very, very big year if they are going to be anywhere near playoff contention. Yeah, i got to be honest, I don't really see them making the playoffs. I, I don't, don't think either. They're coming, I don't think they're coming last in this division. I think they're going to come in six. Yeah, I know they'll beat them. the Caps twice because they always do, so, Good. you know, that'll be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the Coyotes. I think we got enough on the Ducks right here. So moving on to the Biz Nasties, I mean the Arizona Coyotes. Um, they finished this division last year in fourth. Um, they were a 12-1 to odds to win it this year. Uh, they had 39 wins, 35 losses, 8 overtime losses, and they finished just 6 points ahead of the Ducks with 86 points. And I'm going to let you take it away for their big acquisition of the offseason. Let me tell you something. I have the biggest love-hate relationship with Phil Kessel. And, I mean, it's, it's bad. Uh, he's probably going to put up, I would give him, he got 82 points this last season. And I'm pretty sure he went, like, completely scoreless for, like, two fucking months. <laughs> so, I'm going to say he's going to be a 71-point guy. I think he is going to get a lot of power play points. He'll be working the same left half wall like he did in Pitt. Uh, and I, obviously him and Tockett are good friends. It's kind of funny. I'm seeing a trend here where Kessel likes his coaches and he tends to follow where they go. Um, but, yeah, I think Kessel, he's not going to change the dynamic of the team, but he'll get you know a solid 70 to 71 points. Him and Stepan, I think, played on the USA Olympic they did. Um, they definitely did. This is, you know, in my personal feelings for Phil Kessel aside, I think this is a home run move for this team. This team suffered from a lack of offense last year. And it's, you know, an exciting player that comes into a team where he essentially becomes the number one, if not number two, offensive weapon on the team. Definitely um, the number one goal scorer. Definitely the number one goal scorer. Um, you could make the argument that, you know, Clayton Keller might be there you know, touted prospect, whatever your feelings on him are. Um, also, you know, they did lose Alex Galchenyuk um, in the Phil Kessel deal. Um, I don't necessarily see that as a huge loss. Um, while Galchenyuk is a decent player, and I think he will do, you know, of course, once he goes to Pittsburgh, he'll be a great player. You're goddamn right. Um, but, you know, he had issues in Montreal. It just, like, wasn't a good fit in Arizona. They were relying on him too much. Um, and so I think, you know, it's a good swap for both teams. Um, they also acquired Carl Soderberg from the Colorado Avalanche, and these this team is now absolutely loaded down the middle, um, and to the point now where we were talking about this before we started recording. One of those centers, uh, either Nick Schmaltz, Carl Soderberg, Richardson, Stepan, or Dvorak, is going to have to move to the wing, um, and I think that's going to be an interesting, uh, yeah, interesting choice who, or interesting choice that the coach is going to have to make. Um, in terms of prospects. They have Barrett Hayton. Um, he was a fifth-round pick in the 2018 draft. You will most likely see him this year. Um, Kevin Ball, 55th in the 2018 draft, defenseman. You probably won't see that guy for about two years. And then look for Nick Merkley, who's he's 22 now. He's battled you know a couple injuries. I believe he had a torn ACL. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, but that's another center that they have coming up that you could see in the next year. Yeah, I mean, I really like the Yotes at 12-1. to 1. I think for those odds, that's a good move. Um, 
don't you know, sprinkle a little bit on there. Well, you yeah, it can't I, hurt. I, I mean, no more than a unit for sure. But yeah. uh, I think Ekman Larson is a stud in the fact that he wasn't on the NHL Network's top 20 defenseman list. Joke. <laughs> Probably absolute joke. Imagine business blood pressure oh after seeing that list. Yeah. Now that, you know, is do you make the argument now that Ekman Larson is the most underrated player in the league? Well, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, they say Barkov is the most underrated right. player. He's got rated the number four center in the league. Right. And you got fucking the captain of the Coyotes who's yeah. a stud, not even making the Workhorse franchise defenseman um, that just seems to get no love. But uh, he is an absolute stud and still pretty they young. St- they still got Jarmelson, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, as awesome shot blocker, great stick. I love his game. I really wish the fucking penguins could get him but yeah. that's not gonna happen um and then another point about the coyotes is we are gonna have a little bit of a goalie battle um darcy kemper had a lights out year last year and then you have auntie ranta coming in so this should be interesting to see how they approach this are they sort of just gonna split this down the middle um or i don't know what do you think do you think they're gonna do a bona fide one and two um i would say they're gonna probably go f- They'll probably do what most teams do. They'll go 50-50 probably for the first 41 to 50 games of the year, and then one of them will win the battle. Who wins that battle? I don't really know. Uh, If you made me bet my life, I'd probably say Ronta. Okay, interesting. But I'm not entirely sure, to be quite honest. Uh, It depends on what Tak thinks. But, yeah, I think 12-1 to odds for the Yotes is worth sprinkling a little bit of money on. And I actually have them finishing third in the division above the Calgary Flames. And with that being said, we are now going to jump into the Calgary Flames. Um, They had an unbelievable year last year. Uh, They won this division. And because of that, they are a 4-1 to odds to win it this year. Um, 50 wins for the team last year, 25 losses, 7 overtime losses, and 107 points. So always nice to break the 100-point plateau as a team. Um, they did deal Mike Smith out to Edmonton and Cam Talbot in, James Neal out to Edmonton, and Milan Lucic in, which I know was a very controversial trade. I absolutely love that move for the Flames. I so, think it's a great move. Yeah, no. So for all of you, and this is the majority of people that I've seen online, everybody is saying, oh my gosh, like, you know, the Oilers get James Neal, he's going to play with McDavid, he's going to play with Dreisel, he's going to play with Nuge, who the fuck ever they have that's not going to get them in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> they are going to get probably 20 goals out of him. That's fine, right? His, that's all they need from him. They don't need anything more. Yeah, the, the Oilers will get their use out of James Neal. However, I think that Milan Lucic will make a greater impact in the locker room and when crunch time comes on the Flames. I think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. I think they'll be a wild card team. But I think that once they get into the playoffs, they can do damage. They're very capable of doing damage. And I think that Lucic will serve them much better in the games that are low scoring and tight and need some physical presence as opposed to 25 penalty minutes a game, James Neal, that I saw in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that stupid fucking Also, mistake. one thing, if you're a Flames fan and you show up at the rink and you're watching Milan Lucic and Matt Kachuk and Sam Bennett just buzz around and absolutely dummy people, <laughs> that's going to be a lot of fun to that's watch. Amazing. And if you had to play them, I feel fucking sorry for you because so, those guys are going to drive you nuts. You bring up a good point. Is Kachuk playing week one? It's not signed. Interesting. I, you know, we've talked about this before and we want to, you know, wait until the last possible minute to see, you know, when these free agents are going to come and, you know, get signed or the RFAs or whatever. And, you know, as you know, I think I've said in the past, it's sort of a domino effect. Once one goes, they're all going to go. I absolutely think he's going to be there. I think he's more of a team guy. He's not a yes, a pull you Yarvi who's going to, you know, (laughs) run back to Finland or something like that. I think he's there with the team week one. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I don't think he's the type – well, when I say that, I don't think his dad will let him. No. <laughs> but, no, uh, he'll get his money, and he's worth every penny. I love the way he plays. I would say he's probably the one player – he's probably the first player I would pick to get a jersey for that is not on the Penguins. Interesting. I mean, I could get you a Tom Wilson one. They play a very similar style of game. Yeah, I'm not really going to go with that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think uh, Kachuk will play week one. And, you know, he'll have his presence. They're, the Flames, 
They're a good team. I love their defensive core. It doesn't get talked about enough. I think all the love goes to Kudrow and Kachuk drawing suspensions and Monahan. Yeah, exactly. But they got Geo, Hannafin, Brody, and Hamnick on their top four. That is filthy. And I love that. One of the points I had written down is they definitely need to continue to get offense from that blue line. Um, obviously, Geo won the Norris last year, and he's only the fourth player 35 years or older to win the Norris, which is pretty interesting. Um, they're going to rely on this core of young guys to make another cup push, essentially. Um, they obviously you know, ran into a really, really good team last year in the playoffs. Um, but like you said, having, you know, Hamannick, Hannafin, and Brody, and Geo on the back end, that is arguably among the best top four defense that you can have in the NHL. And it's actually only going to get better. Watch out for this kid, Valinaki. Yuso Valamaki. 2017-16th overall pick. He should be playing this year. He'll probably start out on the bottom pair. I guarantee you he will not end on the bottom pair. Absolutely not. The kid can absolutely skate like the wind, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a little second power play unit time there. Yeah, so the Vegas has Flames at 4-1. to one. I'm not totally sold on that. I don't. I like the Coyotes at 12-1 to one better as a bang-for-your-buck move. Uh, I'm not sold on the goaltending on Riddick in Calgary. Yeah. I do. I don't. They got Cam Talbot. They so, did get Cam Talbot. So I mean, could be another goalie battle there. Definitely something to keep your eye on. At four to one, this isn't a bet I would make. But if you know, you told me that the Flames won this division, you know, however many months down the road, I honestly wouldn't be that surprised. Yep. Uh, who who you got next on that list? So up next we have the Connor McDavid's. I mean the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers. Um, so you know. Last season, seventh in this division. They're 20 to 1 odds to win it this year. 35 wins, 38 losses, nine overtime losses, and 79 points. So, this division, you know, it has its fair share of teams that were sort of towards the bottom last year. Um, one of the, obviously, we mentioned this during the Flames, you know, talking about Matt Kachuk. This whole Yesa Pulyu Yarvi situation is absolutely ridiculous. Rumors he's going to pit. <laughs> no, I well, I mean, there's a lot of rumors, but he obviously wants out of Edmonton. Let's just put it that way. Um, hey, he left fucking Finland, right? Oh my god. Well, it's probably better than Edmonton. It's got to be better than Edmonton. They've got what, like, a lot more fun things to do than Edmonton. Edmonton has a mall, apparently. That's about all I've heard about the city. Wait, doesn't it have like? Uh, isn't it like the largest mall in North America or something like that? I, I thought that was in Minnesota. Someone, someone get the fact check on that. We're not mall experts. I, we'll, we'll leave that to our girlfriends. They'll come back with the answer because <laughs> they probably know that better than we do. Yeah. Um, so essentially, Pulju Jarvi, I forget when he was drafted, but he's a very, very highly touted prospect and hasn't really found his role in the team yet. Got some decent size, sick hands, sick shot. And he basically said, I want to go somewhere where I can be on line one, line two, and get power play time and play like 15 minutes. It's, you know, a night. It's ridiculous what he's asking for when he basically hasn't proved anything yet. So he essentially signed a one-year deal with his old Finnish Elite League team. However, there is a clause in there that if he makes a deal with an NHL team by December 1st, he can report to them with no penalty. Interesting. Yeah, we got a little... Lawyer Manella over here. I don't yeah, know any of this uh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Oilers actually attained Ken Holland from was he no was he GM in Detroit? I think season? he was GM in Detroit. Well, he's known for his Detroit years. I think twenty two seasons. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. So they got a new they, GM. They in made place. the playoffs. What like eighteen out of those twenty two seasons? Uh, <laughs> I I. I think they mentioned they only they've made the playoffs once since they went on that cup run against Carolina. Oh, true. And played Cam Ward, who by the way retired today. Congratulations, Cam. Congrats, Wardo. Great career. Um, but yeah, like we said, they got James Neal, Mike Smith. Uh, I think there will be a goalie controversy there. For they sure. Koskinen. Koskinen looked right there. sick last year. Signed a three-year deal, and the day after he signed the three-year deal, Peter Shirelli was fired. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really probably shouldn't be signing goalie controversies to three-year deals. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't think the Oilers make the playoffs. Absolutely not. I I mean, look, could they? Yes, they have very good players. But I don't think they have enough on the back end 
in their superstar trade, Adam Larson. Yeah, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Adam Larson. I mean, we're just waiting for him to get his MVP. I mean, it's any day now. He'll get there. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, if Taylor Hall got one, he has to get one. Exactly. That's how it works. Um, <laughs> Darnell Nurse too. I mean, he's, he's he he's sick. He's a good player. But um, speaking of defensemen. Um, Edmonton has some sick defensive pro- prospects coming up. Um, the number one sort of guy on their prospect chart right now is Evan Bouchard, um, drafted 10th in the 2018 draft. Uh, absolute stud defenseman. He played for the London Knights, so if the Oilers ever run into money problems, you know Evan Bouchard got paid his entire junior career, so you know he's going to have some money in the bank. Um, Jesus Christ. They also have Caleb Jones, who's 22 years old. He was a 117th pick in the 2015 season, and he's Seth Jones' brother. Really? He is, yeah. Wow, full yeah. effect. There you go. Learn hopefully, something new every day, guys. Hopefully he can be as good as him so they can finally make the fucking play. Exactly. So um, they also, in addition to those two, they have an absolute stud that they got eighth in this past draft, Philip Broberg from the Swedish Elite League. You probably won't see him for another two, maybe three years, but when he hits, goddamn, can that kid skate. Uh, before we move on, I would just like to pose the question because this is always what comes up with Edmonton. How many more years of failure before McDavid says he wants out? I'm torn on that one because. And I'm not saying they're going to be bad for the next three years. I'm not saying, but if they are, they, they, they are going to they are going to be bad for the next three years. <laughs> I, you know, he locked up to that max deal. It's one of those crazy things where. Is he going to be like the you know Canadian boy who's loyal to his team and to his fan base? Could could you imagine Edmonton if he left? Uh, like it would, it would what that like, city would do to it'd him? Be like Vancouver after they lost yeah. the Bruins, or like or when Gretz left. I mean, they would do like hanging effigies in the streets. Like it would be an absolute <laughs> disaster. Um, I don't know. I wonder how long he stays. Um, if they don't make the playoffs in the next three years, I'm sure you will hear. Every trade rumor in the book comes flying. I can't wait. Just flying out of the mouths of everyone at Sportsnet or, you know, NHL Network. I need Bob McKenzie on Wednesday night, rivalry night, on intermissions. Godfather Bab. (laughs) I need him to be talking about McDavid trade rumors just to make my night a little better. I mean, as long as I don't have to hear about John Tavares trade rumors or free agent rumors ever again, I'll be a happy guy. Yes, seriously. All right, who you got next? So up next we have the Los Angeles Kings. Um, and uh, Yeah, Queens. Essentially, aside from the Ottawa Senators, they were the worst team in the league last year. Um, Ottawa was obviously in a class of their own. Um, but the Kings were – they finished eighth in this division. They are 100, 100 to 1 odds to win it this year. They had 31 wins, 42 losses, nine overtime losses, and just 71 points last year. Um, obviously, their biggest problem is they need to generate more offense. They had the second fewest goals overall in the entire league last year, and they need to get production out of their big guys. Yeah, I don't really have much to say on them other than the fact that they're going to be bottom feeders again this year. Uh, it would not surprise me if they start to entertain the idea of getting rid of some of their aging core just so that they can start rebuilding. Uh they got Ilya Kovalchuk, right? So he's a superstar. He's Russian. Total right? superstar. Remember when he played on that team in Russia that wasn't supposed to have pro athletes? That was sick, right? <laughs> you, nope. Just for a little background story, Nick and I were at our buddy's apartment at like, I don't know, what was it, 7 fucking a.m.? I don't know. I had work at like 4, and I don't remember a damn thing from it, though. <laughs> and we were watching the game, and I guess you know we weren't really looking at the Olympic teams too closely because we were told there were no pro athletes. And then first faceoff comes out, and there's fucking Ilya Kovalchuk lined up against like I don't know, at the time, maybe like Troy Terry or something Jordan Greenway or something like that. Yeah, and uh, he like fucking dominated that game. I think he had like two tucks, maybe an apple. It was just ridiculous. Anyways, I mean, they're paying him, what, six mil, I believe? Six million? Something around that. Um, So he's obviously got to do something. Um, Their power play was absolutely atrocious last year. They were 27th in the league. Um, and when you think about some of the weapons they have, that's a little bit surprising. Um, you know, Kopitar is an absolute workhorse and a stud, and he's got great size, but he's got to step up and have another big year. He is chewing up a decent amount of that salary cap, and if that team wants to sort of rebuild and move forward, I wouldn't be surprised if there's movement around him in the next three years. 
Yeah, I'd agree. I think the way that they will do it is they'll shed more minor pieces off first. So I think I could see Toffoli getting dealed by, you know, maybe the deadline or sometime next season. Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown, Kopitar. I mean, Jeff Carter. Well, Kopitar would probably, yes, Jeff Carter. Kopitar would probably be last. Him, Quick, and Dowdy would probably be the last ones. Um, But yeah, I, I really don't see them doing too much this season. It's not really worth talking about anymore no and you know Jonathan Quick had his worst season um last year um and you know goalies will go through this every now and then he's obviously when he was at his peak he was one of the best if not the best goalie in the NHL um he was Team USA's goalie in the Olympics I believe in 2014 uh 20 yeah yeah we'll we'll go with that yeah fuck you Ryan Miller yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey go green um (laughs) So, you know, they definitely need to improve their offense. Quick needs to have a bounce-back year this year. Um, They do have some decent prospects coming up. Uh, The biggest highlight for them was the fifth pick in this draft, Alex Turcotte. Oh, baby, is this kid going to be a stud. This U.S. national development team is just ripping these kids off one by one. It's like a factory, just like an assembly line. It's like, sniper, here you go. Pastor, here you go. Defenseman, here you go. Uh, They look great, and this kid is one of them. Um, you know, if you watch any of their games or if you watch the World Juniors, you will know this kid's name. We're going to get fucking credit for all these prospects you're naming. Jesus I hope guy. so. Yeah. I love watching little kids. Nick is, a compl- <laughs> <laughs> Nick is a complete prospect nerd, so I'm kind of letting him. Total prospect nerd. My, uh, my house used to stop during uh, the World Juniors, and my whole family would, like, sit around the TV and watch it. And, you know, it's great because it, it proves that the American hockey system is starting to work and being able to take it to some of the big powerhouses is always nice to see. Amen, baby. Amen. All right. Who we, next? Who we got next? So up next, we have San Jose. Um, so this is definitely an interesting one. They finished second in this division. There are 9-2 to odds to win it this year. And they had a really decent season last year. They broke the 100-point plateau, 46 wins, 27 losses, 9 overtime losses. Won the first round on a... Goddamn stupid fucking penalty. Um, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Terrible call. One of the worst calls I've ever seen. Um, but Vegas still gave up four power play goals. So yeah, Fair enough. Love you, Flower. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was, you know, that's one of the most insane hockey games I've ever watched. Um, lost Pavelski. Lost Pavelski. They lost Nyquist. They lost Donskoy. And we don't know if Joe Thornton's coming back. Yeah, I think the Sharks are one of those organizations that are similar to what the Red Wings were for so long that they just have these names that kind of pop up out of nowhere that, you know, they'll find a way. LeBanc signing for the deal of the century. It's like the Patriots with, you know, Edelman and Wes Welker. Without the Super Bowls, but yes. Yeah, without the Super Bowls, yes. Um, You know, they just find these guys. They have LeBanc on a one-year, one-million deal right now. Yeah, it's... Insane. I mean, that might be the steal of the decade. Yeah, hundred. Well, other than Sidney Crosby, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> or Mac at five years. But uh, actually, yeah. I will give you that Mac yeah. probably. Uh, but I digress. So yeah, I think the Sharks. They got uh, LeBanc. They still have Timo Meyer, I believe. Right? They do. They have Timo Meyer. They have Tomas Hurdle. Those two are oh, turning studs. into absolute studs for that team. They still got Burnsy. They still got Carlson. They still. Uh, uh, Vlasic. Vlasic. They still got Vlasic. So their Sup, defense Pickles, is good. how are you? Um, <laughs> and so, they got Jonesy in that, too. Yeah, Jones obviously needs to have a little bit better save percentage. Um, that was a huge issue in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. Um, his save percentage is last in the NHL among goalies that played 50 or more games. I believe really? it was like an 8-8-6 or something like that. So Holy that definitely shit. needs to come up. Um Obviously, the biggest question surrounding San Jose, and this this is very important, so bear with me. Who gets the C? It's probably Burnsy, no? I, you know, if it's not Burnsy, do you give it to Couture? Oh shit! Yeah, there's been a lot of chatter about that. How did we not just mention his name? I feel like an idiot. Well, like we talked about this before we started recording. Um, arguably, of course, Harrison will say Sidney Crosby arguably the best playoff hockey player over the last five years is Logan Couture. Production-wise. Production-wise, for sure. I don't know what it is, but he's basically, I think he's almost above a point a game in the playoffs. Burnsy or Couture, it's got to be one of the two. 
I'd, I'd, I'd say they'll pick – I'm going to put my money on Burnsy. Interesting. This is empty better, so yeah. you're allowed to do that. Exactly. You're allowed to put money on stuff. <laughs> I can tell you who it's not going to be, and it's not going to be Eric Carlson. Uh, I think no. if they gave him the C, that would be an absolute joke. Um, yeah, he you know, be. he came in what last year in the middle of the season. Yeah, he he won't he won't get the C. No. Uh, nine to two odds. What do you like? If Vegas wasn't ahead of them in this division, this would be a great bet to take. Um, yes. Exactly. This is a team that <laughs> yes. relatively. Minus Pavelski, Nyquist, Donskoy, has the same core. They have most of their young guys that are still there, that are still part of this team. I think they will make the playoffs. Me too. I think it's very likely that they finish second in this division, and if they're not second, I think it's going to be third. I have them second, yes. I have them finishing second right behind the Vegas Golden Knights. Who we got next? So up next, uh, we're going to go up into the west to Vancouver. Uh, the city that loves to riot when they lose. Just kidding. That happened once. Love you guys. Um, so they finished. There are zero listeners from Vancouver. <laughs> not, right now. not a single person. Not one. Um, they finished fifth in this division last year. They are 12 to 1 odds to win this team. And I honest, I have to be completely honest. They are one of my favorite teams to watch. I love betting the Canucks. I love betting the Canucks puck line. Don't ask me why. I, I have zero stats about how many times the puck line hit last year, but every time I bet it, which was, I would say, probably six or seven times. It, it hits. It hits. That puck line hits. Especially, and I've noticed this trend, especially against division rivals. If they're playing the Flames or, or if they're playing the Oilers, they're hitting more often than not. For sure. At least based on last season, and I was just complete feel. I don't have any stats to back that up. So Vancouver finished the season with 35 wins, 36 losses, 11 overtime losses, and 81 points. I don't know if it's just me. I feel like this team should be so much better than what it was last year, and I think they're going to get there this year. I don't know if they'll crack the yoffs this year. They brought in Tyler Myers. They brought in Jordy Ben. They brought in Ryan Spooner, and they brought in JT Miller. And don't forget about the big boy Michael Furland from Carolina. I'm just admiring the fact that you just said make the yoffs. Make the yoffs, baby. That is amazing. <laughs> Holy shit, we just started our own language. Is this real? Um, so they added veterans that can really sort of, you know, you have Ben and Myers on the back end that'll really, you know, solidify that defense. Obviously, they lost Good Branson to um, Pittsburgh. Um, Ryan Spooner, I think he'll help out bottom six. JT Miller and Furland. I think Furland, you might see bottom six, but I think JT Miller, for sure, you're going to see top six. I love the Furland pickup. I think you really need that in your lineup. Uh, similar to what I said about the Lucic situation, I think Furland kind of brings that heat. That's a big boy right there. Uh, it's a big boy. And, yeah. I mean, they could be a borderline. This could be a wild card playoff team right here if they get hot. And if there's any of you fantasy gurus out there, if you're playing fantasy hockey this year, the second that they put Pedersen and Besser on the same line, you pick up both of them immediately. Yeah. Hammer them. Because those two playing off of each other reminds me of two former Canucks I used to love, the Sedin twins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm actually looking at their lineup right now. They have some decent depth. Listen to this. The projected fourth line, according to DailyFaceOff.com, Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Brandon Sutter. All three very good players back in their day that played prominent roles in the teams they played with. That's a good fucking fourth line. That's great. I mean, Louis Erickson, you know, at one point was one of, I think you would put him, you know, top 20 players at his position in the league. He was a top 20 left wing at one point. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you firsthand, when the Caps lost Jay Beagle, the faceoff game just went to absolute shit because Beagle is like a 62, 63% faceoff guy. Um, so he's huge on the PK. He's huge on the bottom six just because... I mean, he just snaps him back like no one else. And I cannot wait to see what our boy Quinn Hughes can do. Oh, my God. I Absolute love Quinn stud. Hughes. Minus the college he went to. Fuck blue, go green. Um, <laughs> but Quinn Hughes, I mean, just from his debut last year, he did literally everything but score. Um, and man, oh, man, can that kid wheel with the puck. Yeah, and they got Edler. I, he's not as good. Maybe he's just quietly good. I don't really watch them enough, to be quite honest. But I, He's... 
he's not fast. The, the the game has gotten so much faster since he was considered a top end defenseman that I for sure he can still shut it down. Still yeah. has the good stick, but I don't know if the wheels are still there like they used to be. Um, the power play shockingly needs improvement. They were only at seventeen percent and they were twenty second overall. Um, so with a Calder Trophy winner like Elias Pettersson, you think that would be much higher? I think this year they will actually improve that. I'm looking at their first power play unit right now. They got Pettersson, Horvat, and Miller up front, and then Hughes and Besser on the back end. Jesus so Christ, they're, I'm they're get- so hard listening <laughs> to that power play. They're getting Besser winding up those one tees. I'm oh telling you, that, God. that's I actually really like that. That's I, a sick power play. I'm starting to regret where I... So you heard it here first. Hammer the over in every Canucks home game. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, especially since they have no fucking goalie. I don't think Jacob Markstrom is that good, in my opinion. He had a good season last year. I think the question is, you know, he sort of like took it. But here's bad radio. He took it to here. Can he go to here with it? Yeah. Um, that was pretty fucking tall. I know. That was pretty freaking tall. Thank you. Um, you know, I wrote down they need scoring from defensemen, you know, Quinn Hughes essentially can solve that problem. That's the only kid who can score as their defenseman. No, I'm exactly. Looking at, I'm looking at this, and that's where I get a little iffy. Is Myers, Edler, Jordy Ben, Tanev, Stetcher. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, Myers can crank it, but don't expect him to be out there on, like, PP1. No. No, that's the thing. I They have, the, they have a good forward core. It's just a little unproven, so... I'm not totally sold on the Knucks yet, and I have them finishing sixth place in the division. Interesting. So you think they're going to slip a spot, actually, because they were fifth last year? Yes. Okay. So I will probably eat my own dust on this, but I still don't think the Oilers make the playoffs, but I have them finishing above the Canucks. Wow. Interesting. I think I can't imagine that they're going to be that, that bad again this year. True. The Oilers, that is. Um, so wrapping up with the Canucks, uh, one of their prospects to look at that's not Quinn Hughes that plays defense is Ole Ulevi, uh, 21 years old, fifth overall pick in 2016 defenseman. He's battled uh, a bunch of injuries. I believe he's also a London Knight. Don't quote me on that, but you know, like I said before, if they run into money problems, I mean, he better be picking up all the tabs at all the dinners because you know he got <laughs> paid. Um, and that's all I have for Vancouver. Yeah, so moving on to the next team, who so, do we have on our list? Last but definitely not least in this division is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, they actually finished third in this division last year, that's and crazy. that's going to change this year. Uh, VegasInsider.com has them at a 1-1 to to win this division this year. They finished last year with 43 wins, 32 losses, 7 overtime losses, and 93 points. Um, as far as offseason moves, they really haven't done too, too much. They traded Eric Halla to Carolina for the prospect from the Quebec League, Nicolas Waugh. Um, he was on the Canadian World Junior team that lost to the Americans in the shootout. Suck it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think it'll be, you know, a year or two before he cracks the, the big clubs lineup. But definitely a good prospect to pick up for sure. Yeah, I, I love this team. Uh, that's partially because I have family in Vegas, but also because Flowers over there, and I still root for him. But uh, Vegas is a wagon. They're good. They are good. They're they really put good. all their eggs in one basket, and they want to win, and they want to win now. Um, it sucks that they, you know, sorry, if, if, if it sounds like I'm smiling, it's because I am. It sucks that they couldn't have won the cup in 2018. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't. How are you? Keep the change. Um <laughs> You need to look for William Carlson to have a bounce back year. He's obviously not going to have as many points as he did in that fluke year in 2018. I mean, that was an absolute fluke. Not saying he's fluke. not a not saying he's not a good player, but I mean, how many tucks did he have that year? Like 45. That's not a fluke. I don't know if he's he's a good player. I don't know if he's a 45 tuck guy though. I, don't, I mean, I'm not really thinking he's a 45 tuck guy either, but I definitely think he's a 70 points. Oh, for sure, 70 points. Maybe 80. I wouldn't expect a goal, to- goal total from 2018. He's not going to get 45 tucks, I don't think. But no. I think he's a, he's easily a 30-goal. Yes, 30-goal scorer for sure. 76-ish point guy who, you know, on their top six, I mean, that's great. I that mean, is great. He's got They got Marshall, they got Smith, they got him, they got Pacioretty. Yeah. They're going to have Gusev who will look out and get him off the gas. Well, he's out. He's in uh, Jersey now. Oh, 
Oh, shit. Oh, my God. You're right. It's okay. Cut that. <laughs> um, so they're looking for him to have, you know, sort of a bounce back here. I don't want to say bounce back, but return to that 2018 form. We'll go with that. Uh, Stastny and Pacioretty, um, they got a little bit banged up, but, I mean, the Pacioretty deal was huge for a while. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he can do if he's back and he's healthy full-time, especially come playoff time. I mean, he kind of got hosed out of Montreal. Um so it'll be interesting to see what he can do for them in the yoffs. Uh, <laughs> you're really liking that. Uh, I love their decor. Well, I shouldn't say love. I like their decor more than most people do. I think Shea Theodore is very underrated. I have had disputes about him with buddies in the past, and he is drastically underrated. Uh, they did lose Colin Miller to Buffalo. I yeah, just remembered that's, that. that's a little bit of a hit. I think it's a bigger hit than... He was their PP1 defenseman, no? Uh, or am I making that up? At least he Nate, was in the playoffs when the Caps were playing. Nate him. Schmidt's yeah. an absolute tank. He is. It broke, my, it broke my heart when we lost him in the expansion draft. Talk about a guy that can take the puck behind the net and just absolutely motorboat his way. I love Nate Schmidt. Up the ice. He is unreal. Uh, they got Derek Anglin back there to bring a little tough guy. Tough guy for sure. That's, Vegas that's native, right? Though. Yes. Um, Vegas native. Uh, I watched him when he was in Pittsburgh. I like his game. Yeah, he's a solid guy to have on the back end. Um, Their bottom six, I think, is one of the areas that really stands out. Um, You look at guys like Cody Eakin. um, He just burped. I did just burp. Sorry, we're having beers. Um, (laughs) You know, he's such a – he's got great hands, but he's also going to – he's like a honey badger. He's going to go into the corner. He's going to get the puck. He's going to come out with it, and he's going to snap it right onto someone else's tape. Um. It's just guys like that that really make that team very dangerous in the playoffs. And I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like whenever they're in the playoffs, the second they get scored on, they score again in, like, the next two minutes. Yeah, they're quick straight. It's ridiculous. They get on you so, so fast. And we haven't even mentioned guys like Alex Tuck. Exactly. Uh, who else was on, Who else haven't we mentioned? I Belmar? Is Belmar still on the Knights? I'm pretty sure he's still on the Knights. He was scrappy in yeah. Philly. A little scrappy Frenchie. Yeah, he was really fucking good when he was in yeah. Philly. They, he murdered the Penguins all the time. Absolutely. And obviously they got Flower and Nets. So Flower and Nets huge, and um, they've got some serious goalie prospects coming up. I mean, how many of them have we seen so far? We've yeah, pretty much seen the whole rotation. Um P.K. Subban's younger brother, Malcolm, if you didn't know, plays goalie for Las Vegas. I believe he will be the backup this year. Yeah, he will be. Um, And I don't know who's going to be below him down in Chicago. I think that's their AHL team. Um, So fucking cares? (laughs) Exactly, that's irrelevant. So basically this team, you you heard it here, Vegas Golden Knights are going to win this division. They're going to be very, very dangerous uh, again in the playoffs, and a lot of people are picking this team to win the Stanley Cup. They have the second best odds behind the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Stanley Cup, according to Vegas Insider. Yes, which on paper, Tampa Bay should have won it last year and should win it this year and the year after that and the year after that. But, but they did not win it last year. They will not win it this year, and they will not win it the year and after they that or the year after that. <laughs> and they absolutely will not. Um, so that essentially wraps up the Pacific Division. Um, it's actually a lot of fun to stay up late and put some money on those games and just make it interesting, you know, whether you're a fan of those teams or you're not. Um, you know, I used to live out west, so I always like it when the Sharks do well. I used to go to games at the Shark Tank all the time. If you ever get the chance to go see a game there, it is one of the best pregame intros you will ever see. They lower a giant shark head from the rafters, and all the players skate out through it. It's totally sick. Um, and, yeah, I think that's all I have for the Pacific. Just to wrap that up real quick, Ducks 80-1, to Coyotes 12-1, to Oilers 20-1, to Flames 4-1, to Vegas 1-1, to San Jose 9-2, to Kings 100-1, to and Canucks 12-1. to The bet that I like is the Coyotes at 12-1, to best bang for your buck in my opinion. And that'll do it for our Pacific Division preview for the 2019 and 2020 season. Uh, so, Nick, I don't know if you saw, we're recording today on August 28th, so if Mitch Marner signs before we release this, then fuck We're, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just saw that EA Sports is starting to release their top ratings for NHL 20, and a little Instagram puppy I follow... 
uh, just released the top 10 rankings before they're actually going to come out. So hopefully these are, one, right, but two, I'm going to assume they're right. So we're going to, one, go through the NHL 20 ratings. But before we get to that, this kind of made us think about the NHL Network's most recent top 10 list that they released for player rankings for the 2019-2020 season. We are going to go through the top 10 goalies, and we are going to critique their list. Nick, would you want to read off uh, the NHL Network's list? I would. So before everyone gets mad and thinks this is my list, it's not. This is the experts, and I say experts with air quotes, at NHL Network who came up with this list. Mike Rupp is not an expert. Absolutely not. (laughs) Love you, Rupper, but no. Um, they ranked their goalies as follows. Number one, Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> Joke. Number two, Sergei Bobrovsky. Number three, Ben Bishop. Number four, Carey Price. Still haven't gotten to Holpe yet. Yeah, you can hear it in my voice. I agree. <laughs> Number five, Tuka Rask. Number six, Marc-Andre Fleury. Number seven, seven, Braden Holtby. Number eight, Jordan Binnington. I know he won a Stanley Cup, but yeah, come on. I don't know about that. Number nine, Pecorine, and number 10, John Gibson. Yeah, I don't like that list at all. I think that it is incredible how many playoff chokes those top two ranked goalies have, and yet they still put them top two. It is unbelievable. It's, it's When Marc-Andre Fleury was at his absolute worst in his career right after the Penguins lost to the Flyers in 2012. Wild series. Absolutely wild series. Yeah, well, it gives me nightmares still. But, like, they took him completely off the list, and he had a Stanley Cup, right? And, I mean, I know that's not everything for current rankings, but he was still a really damn good goalie. And I'm not saying— That's a lot of hockey for a goalie to play. Yeah, and I'm not saying Vassy and Bob aren't— worthy of top 10 they 100% are but to make them the top two goalies it's mind-blowing it's ridiculous obviously when Bobrovsky was at his worst it was atrocious I mean you could put him at top five worst goalies in the league at that point my thing with Vassy is he's had you know great regular seasons but in 2018 in the playoffs he ran out of gas he literally looked flat I mean literally he, a, literally he ran out of the gas on the rushing gas <laughs> how are you um and then last year, he barely showed up. And in fact, I think he got shelled a couple times, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, he, he did. Um, yeah, this list is just not good. I mean, I would say it's probably for certain, maybe not for certain, but I'd give it above a 50% chance that Braden Holpe will be the highest paid goalie in the league after the season. Yeah, and, you know, that's what terrifies me as a Caps fan. I know that. You know, Brian Mc, Brian McClellan, the uh, general manager, wants to sign Holtby and Backstrom in September before the season starts, even though they're not due until next year. And it's the Vasilevsky contract makes me very, very nervous because well, every Brodsky contract, even Jesus, they Christ. are they are very comparable in terms of what you can expect the deals to be like, and that is whew. That's yeah. a lot of money. Not a lot of change. Not a lot of money. All right. Uh, let's get down to our list. Who do you have at number one? So number one, I feel bad for this guy. Absolute just missile, just total stud. Um, but he is banished in Montreal right now. Um, it is Carey Price. If you were starting an NHL franchise tomorrow and you had your pick of goalies that are playing right now, I – it's a very tough argument to pick anyone else. Yeah, I have Carey Price, too. I originally had somebody else that I don't want to admit to having at number one. We all, we all know who it was. <laughs> but Love I you, have, Holtz. <laughs> I do have Carey Price at number one, just based off sheer talent uh, numbers. And I'm not going to lie, like I love the clip, not to bring up a little bit of capital sorrow, but the clip of when Ovi has the one knee, one T, and... I think it was in overtime. I could be wrong, but Price just sprawled just stones out. him. Oh my God, it was so cool. And Ovi came over to him and clapped. Yeah, it was cool. That was sick. I um I hate to admit it, but I was already off my couch. I was like, "Yup, game over." Like going to bed. This was great. And I'm like, "Oh great, now we have to you know go to a shootout or something." Yeah, I do have a. Uh, we well, not just me. Me and Nick have Price at number one. Price at number one for sure. Number two, you know him, you love him. 
It's the bearded wonder from Saskatchewan. He's got a voice like an angel and can play just about any instrument. It is Braden Holtby. I um, hate that our lists are similar right now because I have Holtby at number... I, yeah. I'm telling you, I have number one and then I put the arrow to switch him to number two. If my girlfriend wouldn't break up with me, I would get a tattoo of the Holtby save on Tuck across <laughs> my back. It's probably what i do with Florio and Lindstrom. Yeah. Like the, the Billy Walsh, Pablo Escobar tattoo from Entourage. I would have it like the full like length of my back. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, it's Holtz, franchise goalie, uh, product of the legendary goaltending coach who's now on Long Island, Mitch Korn. Um, you know, he's a stud. He came up through the Caps organization, took him to a Stanley Cup, and they finally got theirs. Uh, enough said. Uh, yeah, I, what, what Nick said. <laughs> uh, number three, I have Ben Bishop. Interesting. So this is where our lists are going to, you know, differ a little bit. Um, I have Bob at number three. So these lists are interesting, right? Because NHL Network makes them best goalies right now. And we've, well, Nick and I have had this discussion multiple times. When you say right now, you have to put a little bit of a track record into consideration. Yes. But with Ben Bishop, I love the season he had. He was a complete brick wall. If you're into FanDuel, oh my God, he was a monster for the second half of the year. He, is, I mean, because everyone knows if you're doing FanDuel, the goalie is arguably the most important part. Um, he's definitely a good pickup to have, and especially with how Dallas is going to look this season, I would think he's going to be a pretty popular pick. But I love Ben Bishop. Um, big guy. I think he's like 6'6 or some shit like Built that. Built like a house. Yeah. He's just had a great second half to the year, um, and he was really good in the playoffs. He was awesome in the playoffs. I mean, did yeah. they lose to the Blues in double overtime or just? Yeah, Pat yeah. Maroon, your newest yeah. member of the Tampa Bay Lightning, by the way. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, Patty. Way to go, Patty. Um, you know, he was lights out in that overtime. Um, and he was a good goalie in Tampa. It's not like Great Vassie. goalie in Tampa, and they went with Vassy over him. So it, It's the same thing that happened with Murray and Fleury. You have the exactly. young guy who's cheaper who comes up and takes the veteran who's more expensive. It's the same thing. Yes. It was not a move against him. I like Bishop at number three. Who you got? So I had Bob. Um, I think right now, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, in, in my opinion, is the third best in the league. Um, and I think you can see this. He's going to Florida to essentially revamp that dumpster fire of a hockey club. Um, great place to live, though. Yeah, great place to live. No state tax. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know that you know everyone down there that's a Panthers fan, so all six of those people are excited about that. Um, Who you got? At, well, that pretty much wraps up top three. There's not too much more to say yeah. about that. What do you have at number four? So at number four is where I had Bishop. You know, Harrison pretty much covered it. I mean, he had an absolutely great year last year. Dallas had struggled for so many years with finding a good goalie. I mean, they were back and forth. You know, Kari Lettinen was there, but he was old. He was healthy. He was hurt. You know, it was such a back and forth, back and forth. So it was great to see them sort of find their number one guy that they could sort of sink their teeth into and ride throughout the playoffs. I got Bob. And Nick probably mentioned everything that you need to know about Bob already, so I'm not going to get into too many details. Uh, five... I've got Marc-Andre Fleury. Same. So this is like eerily similar. I also have Flower at five. We did not check each other's list. We did not. We, this is the first time we are seeing them. Scout's honor. <laughs> I, I wasn't a scout, and I don't think Harrison was either, but you get the point. The way you talk about prospects, you might as well. <laughs> Kids beating off into a um, about CHL stats. Um, so Flower, for sure. I mean, it seemed like he completely revamped his career when he got out into Vegas. Um it's hard not to love him. It's, I, mean, I mean, after hearing him on Chicklets, I've, I mean, I've hated the guy for so many years because he absolutely tormented me in my sleep. But, I mean, his Chicklets interview was hysterical. Um, seemed just like a great guy, fun-loving guy. And, um, I mean, he is fun to watch. I mean, when he's not on the Penguins, he is a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> Here's what I will say, and I don't, we're running kind of long here, so we're going to go through this a little quicker than we usually would. But with Flurry, a lot of goalies are not – super naturally talented and they just have a mental edge that gets them to where they need to be. This guy was drafted first overall in arguably the greatest draft in NHL history in 2003. And he has been a little bit of a mental head case in the second half of his career compared to the first, but he still manages to get it done. And it's because he's just so incredibly talented that he's, I mean, he's 
Got the flexibility of a fucking porn star. No, oh, for sure. <laughs> and, and the looks of a fucking porn star, yeah. too. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's great. I, I love Flowery. He's a top five goalie, in my opinion. And I think Vegas will do very well this year as a result. For sure. Who do you uh, have at six? I got Tuka Rask. Same. Wow, this is really weird. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, um, and seven? Vassy. Same. Uh, <laughs> Eight? Eight. I have uh, a guy who did not make this list. Oh, really? But who we both think should have been on this list. I have Freddie Anderson from the Toronto Maple Leafs. I have Freddie at number 10 okay. on my list, for the record. Neither of us will have Jordan Bennington. So nope. Sorry, sorry Benner. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, you look a little nervous. <laughs> what no, So what number are we on now? I don't know. So we're on nine. Uh, I have Gibson at eight. I don't know if I mentioned that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vassie at seven, Gibson at eight, Rene at nine, and Anderson at ten. If you would like to go through your final five as a recap. And the final five, just to recap, I had Rask at six, Vasilevsky at seven, Anderson at eight, Gibson at nine, and Pekka Rene at ten. Respectable. Yeah. Uh, and as I mentioned when we got into this topic, uh, EA Sports was releasing their rankings for their new upcoming game, NHL 20. And it got us thinking, right? So we are doing this out of Baltimore, Maryland, and there's a lot of Lamar Jackson talk, uh, the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, for those who don't know sports. Um he is being regarded as the most dominant Madden player in Madden's new game, Madden 20, since Michael Vick in 2004. And it got Nick and I both kind of thinking, in your guys' opinion, and we want feedback on this, who is the most dominant NHL video game player of all time? So before we get into dissecting video games in the past, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of the highest rated NHL players from video games, NHL 20 back through NHL 11. And this is going to be no surprise to most of you guys. Um, Number one, NHL 20, no surprise. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the speed demon, Connor McDavid at 94 overall. He's also the highest rated player for 19 and 18. And that doesn't change until 17, where Crosby has it down from NHL 17 until NHL 11. Ha. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but he does share it with OV in NHL 11. So I think yeah. he shares it with Datsuk a couple he years He does. Later. He shares it with Datsuk in 14 and 13. Um, so going back to you, who is the one player who you remember in NHL video games who was just, I'm using this team because this guy is on that team? So this is not going to bode well for bandwagon fans. NHL 2K4, Martin St. Louis, the year they came off the cup win. Unreal game. They had Gary Thorne as the announcer. It's nostalgic. You can do skills competitions. Great game. PS2 played the absolute shit out of it. The Lightning are an absolute Chico in that game. I used to have my neighbors come over and play the game all the time. Just St. Louis. <laughs> he'd blow by the D. <laughs> he just came off winning the Conn Smythe, I believe, for that playoff run. I uh, think so. Yeah. If it wasn't him, it was Brad Richards. Oh, sh- nope, you're right. It was Brad okay. Richards. I, he either won the Hart Trophy that year or something of that nature. Undrafted, too, by the way. Yeah, fuck me. I'm not a stat guy. Um, who do you have? Um, so this one always just sticks out in my head. Um, the game that my younger brother and I uh, used to play all the time was NHL 05, which was the lockout game with Marcus Nasland on the cover for GameCube. Um, and I will, I used to just roll with the Dallas Stars because you get the puck back to Sergei Zubov at the point, and every shot he takes goes in. Every <laughs> single shot he takes went in. I haven't in, heard that name in a while. In a minute, yeah. but they were just so much fun to play with. Plus, you know, if you're playing NHL, you're not using the normal home jersey. You're going through all the alternates, and they had all the – California Golden Seals and the Oakland Seals jerseys, which were sick tarps back in the 70s. Yeah. Um, you know, I just got to stake in. Not many people talk about NHL video games. So follow us on Instagram at Empty Betters and on Twitter at Empty Betters. And we will probably be making a post about this. Leave your comments. We're curious to hear what you guys say. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been awesome. Uh, 
like we said, this is our first episode, so bear with us and please give us feedback. We really want to know what we can improve on and what we should keep doing. Uh, Nick, you got anything else? Um, just happy to be doing this. I mean, we're obviously doing this because it's a lot of fun for both of us. We want you guys to have fun with it too. Uh, so if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, please, you know, carpet bomb the social media with it. Let us know. We want to hear your feedback. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you guys and dropping some more episodes soon. We will see you guys next week. Have a great work week, and we'll see you later. Class dismissed. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine. I get to shine. Now throw your hands up.